0: Well, good evening, uh, folks. Tonight, I'm going to be dealing with the topic uh, on the bloodline. And there's a few elements around this that some of us might have known, but I can guarantee you that all of us are going to learn something tonight. And I'm going to show you how the bloodline can be used as a protective mechanism in your life and what God has planned for you. So I want us quickly... You're welcome to turn to Genesis chapter 17. So long. Um, I want us quickly to have a look at a bit of biblical history, and as we do, I'm going to bring this into a spiritual context for us today. But it's very important that we understand what God's plan was from the beginning. The first thing we need to know is this: is, is that God decided that He was going to choose Himself a nation that would serve Him. Now, this is after the fall. So remember the the initial intention was that Adam and Eve would be serving God and having the entire planet serving Him. That was the original plan. Adam and Eve messed up a little bit, got out of house and home, messed up the whole planet, and then... You know the whole story, then it got so bad that the flood had to come and then it was only Noah's family that started out. And then God decided, listen, I'm going to take a nation and I'm going to bless them and they are going to be my people and I will be their God. And so what, what God did was, he got hold of Abraham. Said to Abraham, listen, I want you to leave your parents, leave your family, leave everything and just go where I'm going to show you and I will lead you. Now, how's that for a guy who knows absolutely nothing, never met God before? God says to him, listen, I want you just to pack up and follow me. That's why he's known as the father of faith, because he did exactly what God said. God said, move. He said, okay, fine. And off he went. So, as everybody knows, we call Abraham the father of faith. And if you go to Israel, they'll say that he is their father, their spiritual father. That's where it started. Where did it come from? It started in Genesis chapter 17, verse 5 to 9. And this is what God says to Abraham. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but you shall be called Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be... Uh, God to you and your descendants after you. Also, I give to you and your descendants after you the land which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan, an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants afterwards, you throughout the generations. So here God says, listen, I promise you that I'm going to make you many nations. You are going to be very popular and you are going to populate the earth. But there's only one condition, you have got to serve me. Okay, if you obey my commandments, all of this is going to happen. Now, as we know the story, he did. And after Abraham, you get a few guys, and then you end up with Moses. Moses comes to deliver God's people. The reason why God says that he would take them out of Egypt was because he had promised Abraham that he would look after this nation. And when he did, he did it by supernatural signs and wonders right through. And we know so many times where God supernaturally totally delivered Israel from all sorts of nonsense okay, and now we see it again with Egypt, and now they get caught up in Egypt, God supernaturally, with a pillar of fire all of these things that came through the, the parting of the sea, all of these miraculous miracles because of a promise that he started off with Abraham, and he says, if they serve me, I will take care of them, I will be their, fight, their warrior, I will fight for them, and I'll sort it out in the time that they moved out from Egypt into the desert, God speaks to Moses. And this is what Moses says to them. He says, if you obey me, that is God, if you obey God, these blessings will follow you. And in Deuteronomy chapter 28, we read of all of the blessings because of the original plan that God had sent to Abraham. Are you guys with me so far? I'm going to bring it back to a very strong spiritual thing just now. And then in Deuteronomy 28, and I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but verse 7 and 8 it says, The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Now how many of you would like to have that? Any guy come up against you and then they just scatter so many directions I can't even count. Verse 8, The Lord will command the blessing on you and your storehouse... And all in which you set your hand, he will bless you in the land which the Lord God is giving you. Okay, so I want you to understand that God says, listen, if you serve, the, if you serve me, you are in Abraham's bloodline. Whoever's out of Abraham's bloodline has got this blessing operating on their life. Whatever they do, if they serve God, these things will start operating in their life. Just because they are a descendant of Abraham. So anybody who's connected with Abraham has huge benefits coming their way. Because God says, if you are part of the bloodline, number one, and number two, if you obey me, I will be your God and I will fight on your behalf. So we see this in operation, where God's protection starts dealing for His people. We see this in Egypt, in Exodus chapter 12 verse 13. It says, Now the blood shall be a sign for you on your houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. In other words, God told these guys, "It said, listen, if you take the blood and put it on the posts of your door, and had it be on three places of the door, symbolizing the cross, and said, if you put it on the posts, I will not destroy anything in that house. You are protected. The blood will protect that house. And so when the angel came and God started to destroy people, anybody who had the blood on the post were protected. And guess what nation was protected? Israel. They did not have any of the plagues that came through, but especially when the plague of death came through. And God killed and destroyed all of the firstborn of Egypt not one of the Israelites children got touched. Now it was for no other reason other than the promise that was made to Abraham. And so the other place that we find this is in Job, the story of Job. Now remember Job was a a very... uh, In our Bible it's quite in the middle of the Old Testament. But it's the oldest book that was written. Okay? So it was really around the earlier times Okay, in the history of the Old Testament. Now we see Job in five. it says this, And so it was, when the days of feasting had run their course, that Job would send and sanctify them. And he would rise up early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them. For Job said, It might be that one of my sons have sinned and cursed God in their heart. Thus, Job did regularly. Alright, if you go and read it properly, and scholars say that he did this every single day. So every single day, he would kill an animal, and so that the, the blood would protect the people in his household. What is the result of him doing that? Well, it was quite simple. In verse 10, it says, and this is Satan speaking, Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the works of his hand, and his possessions have increased in the land. Satan goes to God and says, Listen, because he's done this one act, you have come and put a hedge of protection around him. Now, I want you to see something that's very important. At this point, in the Old Testament, who actually had control of the earth? Who had the authority? Satan. Except for the one generation or the one nation that was serving God. If they served God, God protected one nation and nobody else. But they were still conditional. And so everybody who shed blood, where blood was shed, there was a supernatural protection if you were in that nation. Because God had said that He would protect them. Because you are part of that chosen birthright. In other words, you are part of the bloodline. If you are part of that generation, if you are related to Abraham, you had all of these promises and protections available to you. Are you guys with me? Alright. Now, When that protection came on you, or on your family, it did not mean that it was there automatically and stayed there permanently. You were able to take that protection off you. Because Job did it, in Job chapter 3 verse 25, it says, the thing that I feared most has come upon me. You see, the minute you open that hedge, the devil can come in and then take over the right that he's looking for. So it does not mean that that protection will be on you all the time. Like if you take the nation of Israel, every time they served God, there was huge protection. Every time they did not serve God, all hell broke loose in their lives. To the point that they got exiled. Both the northern and the southern tribes got exiled and taken away. They either ended up in Syria or in Babylon. But God still protected them every time they served Him. When they served Him and they called on God, the promise kicks in. There is a protection and a guardianship that takes place. Now in Ecclesiastes 10 verse 8 it says this, He who digs a pit will fall into it and whoever breaks through a wall or a hedge will be bitten by a serpent. In other words, if you break a hole in your edge, you are going to be bitten by a serpent. So even if that Israelite group as a nation, if they put blood on their door and one family decided, I'm not going to put blood on my door, that family would have lost their child. Because Satan is looking for an inroad. The minute you open up your hedge, the devil will come in and then has a right to cause havoc. So this is the story. As far as it goes with regards to God's protection. In Proverbs chapter 26 verse 2, it says, Like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without a cause cannot alight. In other words, if somebody puts a curse on you and there's no reason for it to be there, it will not affect you no matter what happens. This is why a Satanist can put a curse on you and nothing happens because it has no right to be there. But if that curse has a right to be there, it is like you've broken your hedge and that thing comes in. Okay, now I've said all of this just as history. In other words, what has this got to do with me? I am not a Jew. Alright? I'm not part of Israel. It's very... Um, surprising that we've noticed that I'm so glad that you did ask that question (laughs) Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12 let's see how this impacts our lives it says this that at the time you were without Christ Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. In other words, if you are not born again, you had no right whatsoever to any of this that I've just spoken about. You did not have God's protection, you did not have God's blessing, you had nothing. Okay, having no hope and without God in this world. Now that pretty much described where every Gentile was. Look at verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you once were afar off, have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. What does that mean? It means that I have now become part of the family. How do I know that? Galatians chapter 3 verse 29. It says this, And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. My man, that is probably the most exciting verse that you're going to get in the Bible. If I am in Christ, if I have accepted Jesus Christ, then I am part of Abraham's seed. And is according to the promise. So everything God promised Abraham is mine. That protection that Israel have got is on me as long as I'm born again. My bloodline has just been corrected. Now I want to show you something that most people don't pick up on. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 17, now understanding that this impacts you. Okay, now I want you to see this. It says, this is a promise originally made to Abraham. No longer shall your name be called Abraham, but you shall be called Abraham. For I have made you the father of many nations, not one nation. You see, that is a prophetic thing. To say, listen, this is not just about Israel, people. This is about every single believer. No matter what nationality you are. I will make Abraham your spiritual father. Whatever I've promised Abraham, you have a right to. You have a right to have your enemies scattered in every direction. You have a right to God's supernatural protection. You have a right to everything that God had said to Abraham. All God's asking for is is that we obey Him. Let God be God of our life. Allowing God to do it because you have the full right to as much as any Jewish person, as much as any Israelite, you have the exact same promises and the exact same promises over your life. It means your protection's there, your provision's there, everything that God had ever done for them, He can do for you in Jesus' name. Man, this is awesome stuff. So, how does it work practically in our lives? You see, I needed to be part of the bloodline before the promise of God's protection and provision and supernatural power can operate in my life. When Jesus Christ came, And he said, listen, I shed my blood. And my blood buys back the rights of the entire human race. And I come and I present it to the Father. It brings back the protection. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24, it says to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. So what does it mean when I say that I put a bloodline around me? You see, there's two things that happen. First of all, I am part of a bloodline that I can command a blessing. I can command a protection as long as I serve God. Are you guys with this? Now, when I say I'm going to put a bloodline, just like Job did, around my property, around my hedges, around wherever I've got, My children, my possessions, my my land, my business. Remember it says, and he increased in everything that he did. How do I do that? Well, very simply, what did Job do? Job went and killed an animal. We don't kill an animal anymore because the blood of Jesus has replaced the animal. And he did it once for us. We don't have to do it again. So all we do is we call on the blood. We say, Jesus' blood, I thank you for the blood that was shed. I thank you because of that blood, I call that protection on right now in Jesus' name. And then what happens then? A spiritual thing takes place that you can't see. The blood of Christ physically starts covering your possessions. And it starts speaking towards anything that comes against you. I've had Satanists who sit down and say, I can't come near your house. We'll put a curse on or whatever. But the blood speaks. And I ask, "What what do you mean the blood speaks? They'll say, it literally says, go away, you have no right here. Now, the same applies to us. If we take the blood and say, thank you Lord for this protection. I thank you, Lord, for the promise that you made to Abraham. I thank you, Lord, that your blood protects everything that I own. I need to make sure that I keep the doors closed, the hedges protected. If I make a hole in the hedge, the serpent will bite me. I want you to see this in today's thing. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant. Okay, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeing whom he may devour. Not that he has a right to, he's looking who he can get in there. What is he doing? He's looking for the that's open. He's looking for the gap. He's sitting down and going, yes, I just see the blood of Jesus everywhere, but there's got to be a gap. Somebody's going to get a gap going here. How do you do that? By bringing fear into your heart. The thing that I feared most has come upon me, where I don't trust God and I trust in man. Cursed is the, is the um, what's the thing? Cursed is he who puts his trust in the arm of the flesh. In other words, where you do things in your own strength. That opens doors. Strife opens doors. Division opens doors. Okay, there's certain things, the Bible says, don't give the devil a foothold. So we have a right to be protected. We have a right to push back. But many of us as Christians don't realize the right. All what we do is we see Israel as superior. And God's going, they're not superior anymore. You have the same rights as them. How many of us have seen how God supernaturally delivers them every time they're in battle? Come on, it looks like they permanently want to take them out and then they always come out on the top. Now why aren't we doing that as Christians? Let me tell you why. Two things. One, We don't understand that we have that same right. Number two, we don't call on it. And number three, is we open the door all the time. Because we think we can do it ourselves. We have got to understand that God wants us to be in a place where the power of God flows in our life to such a degree that there is a protection around everything that you have and wherever you go. So you can actually go and say, Lord, I thank you for the bloodline around my house in Jesus' name. I thank you for a supernatural protection. I mean, there are some phenomenal testimonies when people do that of things that happen in their place. I mean, in Zimbabwe, there have been a lot of farm attacks. And when they go, and I thank you for the bloodline, that big angels will physically stand there. The people start running away because they actually see these big white beings standing on the farm. There's other times when they sit down and say, God, I thank you for the bloodline around my house, for the protection, for your provision. And God would stop animals from coming into their farm. Literally on the boundary, they see all these like wolves or you know, foxes, whatever it is to come in, that would come and destroy. And they'd physically be dead on the boundary of the farm. God can do stuff if we allow Him to. God always said to them, follow the cloud. God's heart is always, I'm begging you. I want to be there. I want to help you. You see, but we don't allow God to do the work in our lives. And this is very important because there's a a scripture, and I don't have it here, that I wrote down in uh, Ezekiel. And God says this, He says, I have looked all over the earth, And I cannot find the man who will stand in the gap and form a hedge. Form a protection for the people. Now I have to go and destroy the earth, that land that he was busy with. And he says, I'm looking for the man who's going to stand in the gap and put the edge of protection. Claim the rights that's theirs and say, I am going to put the bloodline around in Jesus' name. See, the bloodline that we speak about in putting the protection around is a New Testament term. Okay? The blood of Jesus only comes around in the New Testament. Up until then, they would sacrifice an animal. And there's so many times when you see them sacrificing animals. Even Abraham did. Remember when he had to kill his own son? He then sacrificed an animal. David killed animals all the time as sacrifices. Alright? Once a year they had to come and put an animal sacrifice for their sins as a nation. So they did this right through the whole Old Testament. We don't do it anymore. have to do is call on the name of Jesus, say thank you Lord for that protection that's ours in Jesus name. And I put a bloodline around my house, around my family, around my possessions, around my business. Now, there is a courtroom that is in session right now. How many of you have heard the charismatic term, I plead the blood? There's a lot of people that have used that. If you've been around for a few years, you'd understand, you would have heard that. Most people don't understand. And when they say, I plead the blood, I plead the blood, I plead the blood. People think it's just a formula. Let me explain what that is, so that it can help us. Alright, in the courtroom, you've got the accuser. Alright, you've got Satan standing there in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. It says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ has come for the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. In other words, this is where Satan now gets taken captive. Okay? But what is Satan doing up until then? Day and night he is accusing the children of God, the brethren, of what they've done wrong. He's looking for a gap. And he's accusing us all the time. Our defender is Jesus Christ. In 1 Timothy 2, verse 5. It says this for there is there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ. I love this. It does not say the God Jesus Christ. It says the man Jesus Christ. Why does it say that? Because Jesus Christ one, the authority back on this earth because of His blood as a man, not as God. So Jesus Christ is standing there. He's our defender. He's our mediator. He's the one that goes and represents us. How many of you know you're not in heaven right now fighting your case? Okay? Now, what does it mean to plead the blood? How many of you have heard this, I plead the fifth? Have you heard that in court before? They always go, I plead the fifth, the fifth amendment. Alright? The word plead is a court term. They use it in court a lot. It means I call on this. Now if you called on the fifth, it meant that you are not going to answer that question. Okay? Now when we call on the blood, we plead the blood, what does it mean? Romans chapter 5 verse 9. Much more than having now been justified by the blood, we are all saved from the wrath through him. What does that mean? It means if I'm in court, how many of you know if they're really honest, we are guilty? Come on. Alright, so you can't lie in court. Genuinely, if God is a righteous God, he can't lie. So how many of you know we have messed up? When the devil comes and he says, this person's done something wrong, you go, yep, we did do that. So you can't go, I'm not guilty. So what do you do? You plead the blood. Say, I plead the blood. And do you know what happens? The Bible says that you get justified right there and then. What does justified mean? Cancelled out as if you'd never sinned. God does not see any of that sin and you get exonerated immediately from that. So when we speak about the bloodline, there are three things that I want you to see. Number one, there is the natural bloodline of Israel. Number two, there is the spiritual bloodline of us, the Gentiles. Okay, so number one is the issue of the bloodline. We are connected, we have a right to these things. Number two, I want you to get this thing of when I speak about a bloodline around a thing, we are talking about my promise of protection that I'm calling on. The blood of Jesus to protect me in whatever I do. And number three is I can plead the blood for every time I've done something wrong. I can say, Lord, I plead the blood. I thank you that I'm justified. Immediately, everything is cancelled out and I'm sitting as a clean person, pure before God. So that Satan does not have a right into my hedge. So all you have to do is say, God, every single day, say, God, I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I thank you that I am a seed of Abraham. I thank you that I have a right to the protection that your blood has paid for me in Jesus' name. That's why the blood of Jesus is so powerful. And Satan hates it even if you just say or mention the blood of Jesus. Because the blood of Jesus doesn't just wash away your sin. It provides protection, provision, I mean growth, blessing. All of this comes because of the blood of Jesus. And as Christians, we can protect our homes in Jesus' name. We can raise a standard that Satan walks right past and cannot touch us. We can do that because we have a right biblically to do that as long as you don't open the hedge Bible says in the New Testament don't give the devil a foothold don't give him a gap and let me just let you into a secret every one of us give him a gap every one of us do things, say things you see, whatever comes out of your mouth normally is the trigger you know if you speak it, it's going to happen we have got to watch what we say but if you want to see the power of the blood in your life I have seen how that when we apply the blood of Jesus in our lives and call on that protection, how supernaturally God protects us time and time and time again. So I want to encourage you. You're entitled to all the promises. Go and use it. Go and Set a bloodline around your property. Go and put a bloodline about around your stuff. Around your business. Say, God, my business is going to prosper. This place is prospering because I'm here. You know, just like Jacob did. He says, since I've been here, this place has flourished. Be the catalyst that you're meant to be. And then, every time you make a mistake or open up the hedge, plead the blood. Say, so God, I plead the blood, I thank you that that blood discovers me and makes me justified, makes me righteous. I'm totally clear of all sin, in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for what you are doing in and through each person here. Lord, I thank you that we are going to get to the place that you have for us in the name of Jesus. Lord, that we are going to use the protection that you have given us. And Lord, I thank you most of all that the blood of Jesus has connected us directly to the bloodline of Abraham. Lord, that we have the rights that you have promised the nation of Israel. Lord, that we have the full authority to operate in all of the blessing because of the blood of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that from tonight we We will not just neglect our hedges in Jesus' name. Lord, that we will sit down and thank you, Lord, that you have given us the weapons to put the bloodline around our families, to put the bloodline around our businesses, to put the bloodline around our possessions. In the name of Jesus, I thank you that we will constantly check our bloodline and see the protection and the provision that you have for us. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you folks for listening to today's message. I trust that you are blessed by it. If you would like to receive these message links directly to your phone, please WhatsApp me on my direct number two four. or if you have any questions that I might be able to help you with. And remember that we've got many, many other resources available for you. So please have a look at our website www.fathersheart.co.za or subscribe to our podcast by going to iTunes and search for Arthur Frost and subscribe to my sermons podcast. May we be richly blessed as we apply the truth of God's Word as He reveals it to us. Many blessings and God bless.